This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And now, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. We're joined by Bud Green. Hi, Bud. Hi. Was that a Hail Mary pass or not? <laughs> I don't think it was. No, 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 no. That was uh, designed. Yep. That was designed, and they were going to, you know, hopefully had a few more seconds that they got it out of bounds that could have kicked a field goal. But what? But I, that's what I thought. The design was that was to get him in field goal range, correct? Yep. That, basically, I think that's the way it was designed. And then, he, and then Diggs turns around. He doesn't see anybody, so he said, well, what the hell? I'm taking off. <laughs> A smart kid. Yeah. You had to enjoy that. You got a lot of television time. You look good. Oh, really? Well, yeah. well, yeah, well, enjoy it. If you couldn't enjoy that game, you'd never, <laughs> you're not a football fan. That's right. Can you remember any play like that over the years? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you want them? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, not a, uh, we've won games in the last seconds. Right. I remember Rashad catching that ball sure. against uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yep. And that was a similar situation, uh, and you know it was a great a great throw by Tommy and a great catch by Ahmad. Uh, I've had other other uh, incidences in Canada uh, uh, where we've had we won games in the last seconds, but they're you know they're they're all a little different, but their the results are. Uh, uh, devastating for the losers and, uh, you know, great for the winners. Oh, it was good stuff, bud. It was good stuff. Yeah. Hey, but, but the one to uh, Rashad was almost the original Hail Mary. You hardly heard. I can't even remember hearing that term until Hello. that. Bud, you got me? Hello. Does Bud got me? Well, Bud, we okay. got you, don't we? Try that again. Hello, Bud. You got me? Uh, let's oh. try this. Try that. Try okay. to get that. Hello, Bud. You got me? I think we lost Bud. I don't think it's Pat that's the problem. I think we lost Bud. Okay, All right, so we'll okay. call Bud back. All right. All right, you got me, right? I have you loud and clear. All right, yeah. that's good. Well, uh, Nice little he, ball game, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, the Rashad play that he uh, refers to, of course, is I I think that was almost the original Hail Mary. I, I was just going to say that. I, I can't remember that term even being used before that game. I want to ask him about it. I hope we get him back, just so I can hear him say Ahmad. I love that. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Uh, he's, he got convinced it was Ahmad, and he's not changing, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. I I will uh, go to my grave wondering what the sa- what was going on in the safety's mind. Mm-hmm. Why he didn't just hit him? Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was almost like he ducked away from him. And I don't know if he thought he was early and might get called for interference. Uh, my theory is he wanted to make sure that he hit him to the left. You mm-hmm. know, to I mean on the runner's right on his left to keep him off the sideline to keep him out of bounds, mm-hmm. but he never said that after the game. Mm-hmm. He didn't give that explanation. But there had to be something going on with him because you know Diggs was basically just standing there and the play was over. All he had to do was hit him. 
but he didn't want to let him have that 30 yards and give him a chance to kick a field goal. So Now was, are we uh, back with Bud? Yeah. Well, let's, let's make sure Pete can hear Patrick Now, Bud, here. can you hear Patrick? Hello, Bud. Yes, I can hear Patrick. He's got to learn how to push the right buttons. Okay, that's, that's, that's true. probably the left-handed Polish guy here at the, uh, at the board. Uh, that's too. Hey, Bud, uh, I was just saying to Joe, the one to Rashad, the, that was almost the original Hail Mary. I can't even remember that play before that game, and then it became more popular. Yes, well, it wasn't. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, Hail Marys. We, you know, we've had those before. I remember we, in Detroit, we had a couple of them that we uh, Leo Lewis got one one time, and um, you know, you get the bounce of the ball. But nowadays, the uh, the uh, thinking is. You got a better chance of getting pass interference than catching the ball. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's true. But of course, the amazing thing about that Cleveland game is before you got close enough to uh, to uh, throw the hail mary, you had to make thirty yards on the uh, lateral back to the receiver, right? That's Hook right. And ladder. We had we had, a, we had a play that we'd run before, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we threw it to the tight end. I think it was Sensor. He lateral to Teddy Brown who ran it about 25 yards up the field to get in position to throw it to the end zone. You know, Bud, you were always accused of uh, of being the guy that, uh, boy, was outdoors, and that was the place to play football. Uh, Yesterday, the place to play football was underneath a big glass ceiling, don't you think? You're going to get a lot better football game playing indoors yesterday than if it would have been outdoors. Well, the game is better, yes. I mean, the execution's better. There's... uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the field conditions except for as a coach. Uh, just yes. back as a coach, I felt I had maybe more experience in outdoor football than maybe the guy who was, they came in here from San Diego or California or Miami. And maybe there are other things that about on the field that I knew were slippery spots. And, uh, you know, the wind directions were, were, was very important. Uh, all of those elements that I'd been experiencing all through my career, I thought I maybe had a little bit of a insight into what might happen. But you don't strike me as a guy who's never believed deeply in uh, karma or the or the deep spirits behind football. But do you think that the Vikings this year, more than any other year, have had the path uh, set for them to uh, to come here and play in the Super Bowl at home? <laughs> It'd be great if we could. Uh, if that's the way it's going to work out, uh, I think it would be outstanding and uh, uh, be worth it'd be worth living this long to have that happen. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, Breeze was pretty good in the second half, huh? Well, he's got to go down as one of the most accurate passers <laughs> in football. Yes, uh, you know you, you talk about arm strength. That he he's not a big guy. He's only about five. I mean, you know, five ten, five. You know, 11, he's not a yeah. big guy, and he's but he's got a big arm, and he's got a accurate passer. Now that a couple of passes he threw there yesterday were just pinpoint, you know, on the on the mark, and he threw it over a defender and dropped it into a, a receiver's hands. His accuracy is outstanding, and that's the mark of the great quarterbacks. It's not so much how how you know how far they can throw it or how much they can scramble. Breeze is about as accurate a quarterback, and he was that way at college. I know yes. we, we saw it in college. He was an accurate at Purdue. 
he was the most accurate passer I've ever seen, and he still is. <laughs> yeah, he played the Gophers three times and had 1,250 yards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> just, he's a pinpoint passer. That's why when the game started and he missed those first three passes, I thought, uh-oh, something's the matter with him mm-hmm. because he doesn't miss by he doesn't miss very often. What is your official proclamation regarding Case Keenum? That's been a great story, hasn't it? I don't know why people are even questioning that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what, what are they talking about? Here's a, what about the, he's as good a quarterback as there has been in the league this year. Yep. Uh, there, there's no question that he has the ability, and the reason I think possibly is that he played. He's played enough, you know, to, mm-hmm. to achieve the experience and the. Uh, uh, manner in which he plays, the confidence in himself. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks uh, takes them a while to gain the experience and the confidence in what they're doing. Keenan, he, there's no question he's as good a quarterback as in the league right now. Oh, I, I agree. I think he's been fabulous. Hey, Bud, all those uh, terrific defenders. Who's uh, who do you see as uh, kind of the leader of that wonderful defense? Smith. Yeah. Ooh, what a safety, huh? I mean, he's a he's a you know he's a he's a he's a uh, almost a linebacker playing a defensive back. I mean, you watch him; he never, he very seldom ever misses a tackle. His his anticipation as where the ball player, where the ball carrier is going to be at a certain point, he is as good as there is in the league. And the and the I go back to my one of my original thinking: he's durable. Yeah, he, he doesn't did. have a sprained ankle. He doesn't have a knockdown shoulder. He doesn't have a sprained wrist. He's durable. He plays hard. Plays smart, and he makes plays. And he's, he's in my opinion, he's the most valuable player on the defense. I uh, I would have to agree with you on that, and uh, it does make you uh, wonder uh, what's the sense in having Pro Bowl voting. Uh, I you know he was voted first team All Pro, but uh, not into the Pro Bowl. So. Well, I don't know how that works. I, I've never figured that out exactly who votes and why they vote, and you know they they say how who did you vote for? Well, I'll, I'll vote for that guy. I never I never fell into that, figured out that how that process works. Bud, uh, the, uh, the 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 great Viking teams that went to Super Bowls and stuff. You played at Met Stadium, and the crowd, forty thousand people tried to make some noise, but they were, you know, fifty yards away from you. And yep. the noise advantage in this place and the Metrodome is uh, is pretty uh, astounding compared to what you guys had. I would say. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, they solved the they solved the noise problem. We used to go to Pontiac, you know, up in Detroit, and that was enclosed, and they made a lot of noise. That that bothered us because we had to relay plays, call signals. You don't ever see the players jump offside anymore because of not being able to hear the snap count. <laughs> they had no problem conveying the play in the huddles. We don't see many. So the noise factor is good, and it's enthusiastic. But I don't think the noise factor really bothers the players anymore at all. They solved all of that. They got, you know, helmet. The helmets got, uh, uh, you know, microphones in them, so the player, the the quarterback can hear plainly what plays they want called. Years ago, we had to have hand signals and sideline signals send in players. Uh, they solved all those problems. The noise is great for enthusiasm, but I don't think it affects the game anymore. But hey, you'll be uh, you'll be flipping the coin on February fourth. I I predict you'll be at uh, midfield flipping the coin. <laughs> Who's that? Who said that? Joe. <laughs> Joe's predicting it. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll accept. You're available. <laughs> you're available. You're not still, uh, Coach, you're not still mad at Suchi Boy for missing that third-round draft no, pick, he, are you? he got over that a long time ago. Bud, thank you. You bet. Hey, good luck, guys. Good to talk hey. to you. Thank you. Yeah, Bud, uh, I, I agree with him on everything he said, especially Harrison Smith, who's uh, fantastic. But uh, Pat, we're going to take a break as soon okay. as Rookie takes us to a break, and then okay. we'll come back. Patrick. Yes, Joe. The Wolves continue to be snake bit in the publicity department. <laughs> yes, they do. They've won yes, five they in a do. row uh, handsomely, and of course they win f- the fifth one last night when yes. not a soul <laughs> paid attention. No, yeah, they had a five and all home stand. I think it was only the what they said only the third time in their history they'd have won five games on a home stand, and uh, the I. Second five and all homestand, I believe ever, and right, and uh, the Wild lost. Nobody noticed that, and the Wolves won, and nobody noticed that. And this weekend, Joe, mm-hmm. we have Hockey Day in Minnesota on Saturday, yeah, and we have Twins Fest over the weekend. And I got a hunch they're both going to be lost in the shuffle here because the uh, the level of Vikings mania from people I'm talking to. In Fort Myers yep. is unbelievable, yep. much less what it has to be back home after a finish like that. It's got to be damn near an all-time high. I think so. Uh, Judd and Phil had a caller today from Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam okay. <laughs> who, fo- who found a bar where to watch the game there and yes. told the story of a guy in there with a Teddy Bridgewater jersey. <laughs> Who, with 25 seconds left, said, I'm going to leave. Maybe that'll bring him good luck. <laughs> and I think we got to find that guy yeah, wandering that's right. around bring Southeast him in. Asia. Bring him in. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, It's uh, it was a damnedest thing. I, I uh, was looking for the bar here in town mm-hmm. in uh, Fort Myers Beach, uh, trying to, you know, find some interesting people. So I went to two places that were suggested to me, and I found eight fat guys that look like me, you know, old guys. And I said, this, ain't, this is not what I'm looking for. And I'd heard there was this bar on the beach, mm-hmm. the Lighthouse Tiki Room or something that some Viking fans gathered. I asked, I'd asked on Twitter and somebody mentioned this. So I drive out there. And as I'm driving out there, the game has started. The Vikings go down, get a touchdown. I'm listening to it. And I pull into the parking lot and I hear singing of Skull Vikings oh, you were rocking right the place. place. Yeah. And I said, okay, this is the joint. There had to be 100 Viking fans there, including a bachelorette party of 12 Minnesota gals. Uh-oh. And I found, and they were great. They were, you know, they were into it uh, big time, especially this one kid, Mackenzie Weber from Benson, Minnesota, who when she was eight years old had been indoctrinated into the Vikings and when Gary Anderson missed the field goal and they lost, she locked herself in a closet, wept for an hour, and wouldn't come out no matter how much they beg her. And uh, yesterday they finally got uh, retribution for that. But what do you uh, think, uh, How high do you think the throne is that Brady's sitting on right now? He looks around, he says, Case Keenum. Uh, uh-huh. Brooks Bottles or whatever the hell his name is. Uh, uh, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles and... Uh, Foles. Foles, yeah. And, uh, he's got to be sitting there polishing his rings. Well, to some degree, but I don't. I think if I was him, 
I would uh, uh, win that game on Sunday and then sit around and root for the Eagles because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to have to play the Vikings defense in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vi- I didn't think Keenum, I thought he was somewhat adequate yesterday, but I, I, he didn't play as well as he had been playing, I, did, I didn't think. Especially in the second half. He threw some uh, clunkers there, but then when he had to make the throw, he made it. And the thing is, if Diggs had caught the ball and just stepped out of bounds, they would have been kicking a reasonably long, reasonable field goal to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know they had to get him down in bounds to uh, make sure they won the game. But was it what was amazing about the safety? The safety man was not only did he whiff, but he knocked the defensive back, the cornerback who could have tackled Diggs as Diggs was getting up. Mm-hmm. He knocked him off balance too. So he not only missed the tackle, but he blocked for Diggs to let him get up and run into a touchdown. But still, I was shocked. When he got up, that there was nobody else in the vicinity. Right. right. Where, where the hell's the guy who was standing on the ten yard line? You weren't as shocked as Diggs. No, no, <laughs> no. That is true. That is true. Pat, how about this at the end of the game though, when uh, they did have to bring everybody out, and the spread was five, five and a, and a half. half. Yes. And how many of those guys were kicking their TVs, going, "Just did you kick see, the son of a biscuit." Did you see the video from uh, Sports Bar in Vegas? No. There's like 300 people in there, right? Yep. And there's 200 of them jumping up and cheering and going nuts when the Vikings kneel down and don't kick it. And there's uh, another 100 guys who look like they want to kill somebody. (laughs) Kill a guy that's uh, jumping up. You know, because they had the the Vikings. As a non-gambler, help me. If they kicked it, what would the points be? Six points. And if you bet the Vikings, you you win. Mm -hmm. If if they don't kick it, the the betters, uh, the New Orleans betters win. God, I'm glad I don't gamble. (laughs) Well, we had another one of those. Where they didn't bother to kick the point uh, a month ago or so, uh, and that ended up affecting the point spread too. But I think that one was a push. I don't think anybody actually lost based on that. All right, we're going to bring John Height in in a moment, and we'll return. Before we get uh, begin, Patrick, uh, frequent emailer Terry uh, alerted me to a piece. Roger Staubach in 1975 was the uh, first to be credited with the term Hail Mary. Uh, to uh, Pearson? That wasn't a Hail Mary. I don't know. The, the story doesn't say who it was. Because that was the year of 75, but that wasn't. Maybe he said it was a... Well, during a the hail. season, he might have thrown one. Who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe he said it was a Hail Mary in the sense that they were hoping for divine intervention, but it was. It was that was a one-on-one play that he threw that ball, so... Here's John Height in the newsroom. Hey, Kajal, five uh, above and partly cloudy. Uh, it's called the Minnesota Miracle. Because not by me. No, not by you. I don't like that. I don't like it. everything's <laughs> too a miracle. optimistic. No, no. But let's <laughs> come up with something else. Everybody, miracle is just too. Let's let's come up with something else. You know, the Vikings moving on to the NFC Championship game after that unlikely last play, sixty-one yard touchdown against the Saints yesterday. Now they'll be on the road for the championship game. Uh, playing number one seed Philadelphia Eagles. Vikings an early favorite, though, three and a half. Philly playing, of course, without starting quarterback Carson Wentz, 
Wentz hurt toward the end of the season. They'll see Nick Foles in the starting quarterback slot for Philadelphia. Uh, that will be the evening game on Sunday. Starts at 5.40 our time. Uh, Jacksonville at New yeah, England is I'm the feeling game. it already. Can I, uh, can I offer an opinion here? You sure. may. And you mentioned this to Bud, Joe, about mm-hmm. things being set up for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, first of all, they legitimately should have lost last yesterday's game and win, right? Mm-hmm. With this, with this unlikely, the most unlikely of all plays. It was right? unlikely. Yep. It was very unlikely. Yep. Okay. So this is the toughest team you face. Now you get to go to play a number one seed that has a very ordinary quarterback instead of the kid that got him there. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to play at home for the Super Bowl, and even though Tom Brady's great, New England is great offensively, they're not that good defensively. They're not. This isn't great. This isn't a great Patriots team. All right. Here's my theory. Here if they go. don't win it this year, right? you know those grandkids of yours? Yep. They'll be dead and buried, and this team will still never have won a Super Bowl. All right. Our grandkids, those little kids walking around trying to learn how to skate and play sports, they'll never see a Super Bowl. If they don't win it this year, it ain't ever happening. Boy, if you put the curse of voodoo on them. They will stop. Football will be banned in this country. And they will never have won one if they don't win it this year. I guess after uh, yesterday. A short way of saying that is you're saying this is the year. This is yeah. it, baby. Yeah. Yeah. If well, you don't win it this year, don't bother us. It's don't now even bother or never. <laughs> yeah. Now or never. Because it, it's set up perfectly, as you said the as you said the, uh, to Bud Such. But didn't you tweet Saturday that wouldn't it have been so Vikings had this all been wiped out by a nuclear <laughs> nuclear disaster? holocaust? Nuclear holocaust. Yes. <laughs> right. That would have been just absolute. <laughs> would have been typical. typical. Yeah, just very typical. North Korea you know. decides to end it. Right. I, were you? I guess with this, I hate to interrupt too, but I was a little surprised you can just send out press mistakenly press a button and tell everyone. <laughs> World War Three is about to yeah. begin here. Yeah. It's like Nuclear the guy sets down his coffee in his elbow. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the launch button. You yeah, know. Right. <laughs> As someone said, thank God Trump was playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, as you said to the future Super Bowl coin flipper this afternoon on this very show, Joe, uh, when you talked about the Super Bowl, uh, Bud said, it's uh, really a good thing to stay alive for. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's worth living. Well, Bud yeah. knows this is his last shot. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. and it's and, and his friend's uh, last shot. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Big, no, big, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Big baseball trade this afternoon. The San Francisco Giants have acquired five-time All-Star outfielder Andrew McCutcheon from the Pirates. Really? Uh, still no word on who the Giants are giving up, except for right-handed pitcher Kyle Crick. Uh, but it is believed that their top prospects, Tyler Beatty, Chris Shaw, and Helio Ramos, are not involved in the trade. One other major leaguer also expected to go to the Pirates. That's because he's uh, one and done. He's uh, yep. his, uh, his contract expires after this year. So. He will earn $14.5 million, final year of his contract, to be a free agent after the 2018 season. Nice signing by the Twins over the weekend. Righty Addison yes. Reed. Agreed to a two-year deal worth just under $17 million with the Twins. 
That's uh, they're putting together a uh, uh-huh. adequate bullpen here now. You got Rodney to close. You got this guy to close if Rodney can't. You got the lefty they signed Duke. You got uh-huh. Rogers is good. Hildenberger's good. My guy Presley's going to bounce back. They got a bull. They're going to have a good bullpen. News notes from today: The Minneapolis Police Department has announced its plans to train more than ten thousand. Minnesota Super Bowl host committee crew 52 volunteers before January 22nd on properly recognizing and reporting suspicious activity. We're not giving them guns, are we? No. Okay, good. I don't want the volunteers to all be packing. The training is in preparation for 10 days of Super Bowl festivities leading up to the game February 4th at U.S. Bank Stadium. Press release says the volunteers will undergo public safety training known as the Community Awareness Program which was developed by the <laughs> Counterterrorism Education and Learning Lab. And it's all certified by the Department of Homeland Security. Training has been customized for the Super Bowl, includes a training video narrated by two survivors of the Boston Marathon bombing. Boy, back in the day, you know what? Guy could want it. Let's go downtown, get hammered, and look suspicious. See what happens. <laughs> you know? Not anymore. No, no. We're going to let's just have some fun and look suspicious. Former Republican presidential nominee and potential Utah Senate candidate Mitt Romney criticizing President Trump today over his alleged comment about immigration. In a tweet today, Mitt Romney writing, The poverty of an aspiring immigrant's nation of origin is as irrelevant as their race. The sentiment attributed to POTUS is inconsistent with America's history and antithetical to American values. It's uh, my, may our memory of Dr. Martin Luther King boy our hope for unity, greatness, and charity for all. I didn't know Romney lived in Utah. He changed his base, actually. I thought on, he was an East Coast guy. Yeah, he was, he a, was Massachusetts a Massachusetts guy, guy yeah. when he ran for president. Yeah. Yes, and now uh, his home base is Holiday, Utah. He only changed that a week or two ago, huh. and they think that's uh, one of the reasons they think he will run for Orrin Hatches. Well, he's a Mormon, and that helps out there. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be blunt here. Yeah. Britain's defense ministry says the Royal Air Force scrambled two fighter jets as Russian planes neared UK airspace. The RAF confirmed a quick reaction alert deploying Typhoon aircraft from a base in Scotland, but military authorities say nothing was intercepted. The incident happened this morning, one of several in recent years as Russian fighter planes test NATO and see? air defenses. See? Three hours before kickoff, England and Russia are going to go to war and uh, we'll have to cancel the Super Bowl. <laughs> Native American veterans will have a memorial at the National Mall on the grounds of the National Museum of the American Indian. That memorial will acknowledge the military sacrifice of Native Americans who served in the U.S. military at a higher per capita rate than any other ethnic group in the 20th century. Native Americans have served since the Revolutionary War and currently, according to the Washington Post, are 31,000, or they have over 31,000 on active duty, in addition to the 140,000 veterans who identify as Native Americans or Alaska Natives. The statue's, uh, state, uh, statue, excuse me, statue's design aims to include 576 federally recognized tribes and their spirituality while still maintaining a connection to the military importance of the demographic. I don't have the uh, military part of that, but I do identify myself as uh, American, uh, I'm Native American. Yes, I do. You just you're not certain which tribe. Uh, you, no, but the I'm adopted. I'm adopted. I kind of got uh, that uh, that uh, you know. I I think I am. Yeah, kind of have that you look. Uh, your hair could be a little longer. My uh, theory is the old man knew the real truth and moved me back to Prior Lake because he figured I should be close to the reservation. Gotcha. Was, right, just gotcha. a minute here. Just a minute here, Paul. Real quickly, please. The reason 
the Staubach to Drew Pearson pass was the first Hail Mary was because after the game, Staubach told reporters, I threw the ball and said a Hail Mary. Yes. Right, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't the pure hope, throw it in the end zone and pray for rain type of throw. And so. one more. John, quickly, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dwight Clark, uh, Montana, they called that the catch. Okay. Sure. But he didn't have to run anywhere. And they have a statistic now called run after catch. Well, she just called it the rack because it was a hell of a run. All right. Thank you. Uh, uh, I have no idea what that meant. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was uh, just a moment, yeah, please. I'm confused. The uh, 2017 national beer sales numbers are out. All right. Okay. There's, there's a surprise. All right. What? For the first time in decades. Budweiser is no longer in the top three brands sold in the United States. Wow, really? That's plain Bud, Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. just plain old. Yeah. Is there a Budweiser uh, product? But what Bud Light, yes, oh. uh, has been the best dilly selling. Dilly. That's been the best selling beer in America since knocking Bud into second place in 2001 retains the top position. Coors Light, which passed Bud to become the country's number two beer in 2011, remains in second place. Uh, but no Bud in number three spot. Uh, the shock is Miller Light. Has returned to the top three. So all, we we love our light beers, is what you're that's, telling me. That's uh, correct. That's because yeah. you get some of your chicks and your guys that are drinking both. Yeah. The young ladies, uh, well, the, the crew yesterday watching the Viking game were all they were all Bud Lighters. They were drinking Bud. I Lighters. think that's telling. You can kind of find mm-hmm. out what kind of. I don't understand. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Hang on there. Well, mm-hmm. uh, all four of America's best-selling beers did post declining numbers, though. What was the first real beer that showed up on this list? I don't have the whole oh, list. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, because the craft beers are taking away from the bigger beers. Is right. right. So Jenny? all all of these beers, uh, the mm-hmm. four best-selling beers, the four I just named, mm-hmm. uh, they all lost sales in the past year, even though Miller moved up past Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just had a less of a drop mm-hmm. than Budweiser. And the reason for that, as Patrick said, of course, mm-hmm. all the craft beers are taking away from the sales of all. Ooh, I gotta take. I gotta. I gotta get one of these beers that tastes like strawberries. It's great, man. Pat, are you aware of the um, of the media buzz when uh, the uh, Tanya Harding show was on the other night and you were featured in the crowd? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm aware of that. I took a still was he shot. In the crowd? I took a still shot of it because I was watching it. Yeah, and I, I tweeted that out that Pat was. And one guy said, yes, it looks like Pat is ready to strangle himself because he's sitting there and has to go through those proceedings. No, No, as I said, it's not me. It's some other fat, bald guy who was counting his chins by hand. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. There were actually two shots of you. Uh, because mm-hmm. the first one went by, and I looked at my wife. I said, oh, there was Patrick. And then mm-hmm. about five seconds later, they had a side view. And she went, there he is Where were those but games? See, I've been getting these, e- the Lilyhammer. Oh, yeah. But I've been getting these for eight years since the Tanya 30 sure. for 30 came out. Yeah. So this is basically B-roll. <laughs> Where else? You always find yourself, uh, you asked Bernsey the one last question before he mm. went on his tirade. Uh, well, the all-timers, Richard Coffey kicking me in the head on the blooper reel. For, that was. Uh, <laughs> for uh, 10 years, they were selling blooper reels, and I was the second thing on the blooper reel. And you didn't even get a taste. No. <laughs> no. I got a tennis shoe right in the forehead from mm-hmm. a guy with a size 15 foot. Mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> a British butcher who got locked in a freezer Yeah. Says, ooh, ooh. says he was saved by a frozen sausage that he used as a battering ram. Really? Right. <laughs> 
Boy, that was frozen. Chris McCabe said he became trapped in the walk-in freezer at his shop in Totnes, southwest England, last month when the wind blew the door shut. Mm. The safety button to open the door had frozen, and mm-hmm. he couldn't get it open. What'd Quite he, a safety what, button, huh? What did he do, John? Well, he tried unsuccessfully to kick the button free before he finally picked up a three-and-a-half-pound black pudding, which is a form of blood sausage. <laughs> oh, yeah. wonder why a sausage would be called pudding. I'll never know. weird a, over there. Yeah, I'm putting it against thing. the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I'm putting it against the door. Really? McCabe told the website <laughs> Devin Live that he used a meaty tube like a battering ram and managed to unstick the button after several <laughs> tries. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great, <laughs> grateful Butcher told the Daily Mirror, without a doubt, black pudding saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Speaking of frozen winter time, right. have you guys seen the photos of this stupid bridge that they built in the middle of Nicollet Mall. The Berkey? The Berkey yeah. Bridge from Hayward. Yeah, what is it, 100 feet long? What, what, you know, what's know. the deal? You got you can go over to St. Paul and you can watch people leave from the cathedral and go down to the river, basically, at 400 miles an hour. And you think you're going to excite people by having a little bridge where they can 12 people can cross-country ski on? What a bunch of dummies. <laughs> We're such a bunch of frozen hillbillies. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Just have the damn Super Bowl. Let them go drink and eat like everybody else and stop trying to entertain them. Crip crap, crip crap. <laughs> Who's trolling over my Berkey Bridge? <laughs> yes, right. On the next story, uh, I would like to preface the story by telling you it all came about at 7 o'clock this morning in New York City. It's 7 a.m. Okay. Which would be, what, 6 a.m. here? That's correct. But the important part is to know it's in the morning. All right. A boozy night in West Harlem resulted in a drunken reveler impaling his groin area on a metal fence. I hate doing that. That sparked a fight between two other partiers. Okay. 27-year-old Licio Alvarado Gonzalez suffered the injury this morning, spraying blood onto the bars and the sidewalk. Celso, so he's climbing over the fence, and it didn't make her. That's that correct. Right? Yes, okay. A Celso Riaz said, me and another guy were walking out to go buy beer. Seven in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and suddenly we see this fella hanging from the fence. Alvarado Gonzalez didn't scream, police think perhaps because he was fairly inebriated at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rios uh, said uh, he helped him out, tried to get him off. His white pants, when he talked with reporters, still stained with blood from trying we to help the victim. Yeah. <laughs> Rios said he was just stuck there. There was a lot of blood spilling out. Oh. The painful predicament yeah. prompted two partiers still drinking in an apartment above the scene at 7 in the morning. Everyone mm-hmm. in this story is drinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. To argue whether enough had been done to help the victim. So they started fighting because they thought more should be done to the help other, the victim. They, but they wanted the other guy to do it. That's right? correct, yes. yes. okay. The dispute concluded with... We might have to get some of that poison out of there. Uh, <laughs> you, Jim. No, not me. I'm on break. I'll hold your beer. Watch this. But, but this kind of fits my whole theory on MLK Day. Yeah. Let's celebrate it as a holiday and go ho, 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 and, you know, say, hey, happy, uh, happy. MLK Day. That's Nobody right. ever says happy MLK We've Day. We've been saying these, it on the show today. These guys were out partying. They yeah. were celebrating they, MLK, celebrated MLK, MLK they, Day. They were doing some of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The 
uh, whole thing uh, ended when police got there, but not before one of the guys fighting cracked a Corona bottle over the head of his wife. <laughs> right. God almighty. And this yeah. is 7 in the morning. 7 in the yeah. morning. And at that uh, point, the squads that kept driving around past it, pretending it wasn't happening, <laughs> finally had to go, okay, we got to do something about yeah, this. Yeah, we got to take this guy's scrotum off. <laughs> it the just got real, seat. yeah. The fellow was taken to the hospital. Uh, he did uh, undergo some surgery to stitch some things up. He'll be okay. And there mm-hmm. were two arrests made of the fellows that were fighting. <laughs> so, wow. What was Happy he climbing MLK over the fence day. to get? What was on the other side? That's a good more question. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more beer. Taking a shortcut to right. get the beer. Mm-hmm. A Rhode Island rapper whose songs include Sell Drugs, that's D-R-U-G-S-Z, yeah. has been sentenced to three years in prison for selling drugs. Okay. Federal prosecutors say 30-year-old Michael Persaud of Johnston was sentenced in federal court in Providence for trafficking heroin and fentanyl. His stage name is Montana Mills. Oh, he, Reavers had the Re- story. Reavers talked oh, he about did. It. Well, yes. but what astonished us is uh, Montana Mills is not much of a rapper's name. Especially for a guy from the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a country singer, doesn't Sounds it? Sounds like mm-hmm. a porn yes, star. Right. Yeah, well, right. that's a good point, too. Mills does end with a Z, if that helps any. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. No, okay. Had that one already, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was, you know, but that's okay. Reavers really didn't uh, execute it that well either. So <laughs> By the way, I, Reavers often, I, we have no idea if Reavers is alive after last night's game or not. Nobody's heard from him. No, He's I texted today. last night and didn't hear from the staff. No, God, no. Who knows? Well, the only, um, the only uh, observation that we made today is that the show really hasn't changed w- without him being here. We're kinda, <laughs> basically, we're we're kind of on autopilot here without yeah, him. I guess so. yeah, we're trying to, but we uh, he has a tendency to get uh, involved in Viking games. Yes, and, uh, yes. He might have. He might have had to celebrate this one. We're going to come back and find out what Patrick has in store. Uh-huh. Coming up, Patrick. Oh, well, uh, we're going to have Ben Gessling reporting from uh, the uh, g- still giddy Winter Park. And Tyrone Carter, the uh, great gopher who was uh, a Jim Thorpe Award winner as the, uh, as the top defensive back in the college football back at the playing against Drew Brees back in the day and then uh, uh, 11 years in the NFL. And I, I'm going to want to talk to him about what? was the safety man thinking and other uh, issues about uh, yesterday's game. Bruce, uh, Bruce. Breeze turned 39 today. Yes, he did. Not yeah. the, not a, not the happy birthday for no, the not really. man, that's for sure. But uh, 39 and uh, man alive, he, uh, he, I, he took it better than I would have. 1500 <laughs> ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's five degrees. The ride is next.